Welcome to the first episode of Dad Jokes and Many More, a Father's Day podcast featuring our pastors from ARPC. If you are a dad and listening to this podcast, we get you, we understand you, because we are like you, human fathers with parenting stories that may resonate with you, move you, tickle you, stories that have God and His Prince in the picture. Now, in this episode, we have Pastors Lakyong, Jason, and Kenneth joining us here. Hello, my brothers and fellow dads. Happy Father's Day to you. Happy Father's Hello. Day. Happy Father's Day to you. Hi, too. happy Father's Day. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, uh, our senior pastor, Pastor Chris, who will be listening to this, so we got we got to be careful in what we're saying. Uh, he would always say, remember that we are not self-made people. Okay, so can you guys take turns and complete the sentence uh, by introducing your 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 wives and your and your children? So maybe let's begin with Lakyong. Okay, I'm not a self-made person. <laughs> so I'm supposed to say, well, um, yeah, name, my name is Lakyong. I have a wife, uh, Esther, and my firstborn is my daughter Emmanuel, who's now eight, and my son is uh, Seth, and he's. Uh, I think he's, yeah, yeah, he's six. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. All right. That, Jason. Make, that, that makes me a very authentic father. Very good. Jason, your turn. Sure. I'm married to Grace. And uh, yeah, we are blessed with two beautiful children. Joey, she's 15 this year. And Jacob, he's 11. Mm. Okay, thanks. Kenneth. Yeah, <clears throat> I'm married to uh, my wife, Tzifwei. I always tell people that I never had wisdom until I met her. And I have two Wonderful. beautiful boys, mm. uh, Callum, five years old, and Cohen, three years old. Okay, very good. Thank you. Yes, we are not self-made fathers. We have a wife, and then we have kids. Uh, that's what makes us uh, fathers. Okay, for starters, who among you clocked the most number of years as a dad? Me, Jason. Okay, so yes, we'll start with you, Jason. Now, sure. Jason, tell us, when did your journey as a father begin? Actually, to be honest, Grace and I never thought that uh, we would become parents. So when we first got married, we, we tried our hands in keeping fishes, but they, they all died within a week. So we <laughs> bought more fishes and they all died. So we thought maybe we keep plants that would be easier, but they died too. So we were actually very fearful of uh, having children. <laughs> uh, so Grace had a total thyroidectomy before pregnancy. And was told that, uh, you know, without her thyroid gland, she might have pregnancy complication. Uh, but by God's grace, uh, our fears were unfounded. So God bless us with Joey. She was born on 7th of June, 2005. Mm. So initially, uh, my wife Grace and I, we thought of just stopping at one kid. But, you know, after Joey started talking to all her soft toys and introducing us to her imaginary friend, um, we freaked out and then we thought that perhaps it is better for her to have a sibling, you know, like a real person to talk to. Mm, so, good decision. Jacob, mm. <laughs> so Jacob was born exactly four years later on 7th of June 2009. See, I, I guess God knows that I have a, a very bad memory. So he makes it easier for me to remember my, my children's birthday. Yeah, 7th of June, same day. Huh? During their birthdays, do you have two birthday cakes or two sets of candles? Yeah, that's a good question. You see, normally we will get two cakes because Joey, Joey doesn't like Thomas and Friends and then Jacob doesn't like a Hello Kitty cake. 
So mm. we, we have no choice but, but to buy two cakes. Mm. And personally, I cannot tell you how, how grateful I am to God that He has blessed us with children. And just for the record, they are still alive and well today, mm. 15 years down the road. So mm. it's really all by God's grace. Yeah, truly. Yeah. All by God's grace and with God's grace, pun intended. <laughs> okay, now let's move. Uh, let's move to the youngest father in this episode, Kenneth. Now, me? Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Now, Kenneth, uh, we know that you have two young and very active boys, and I know that because when Anna and I stayed with you during our visit to uh, Chicago, uh, we marveled that your house was still intact. <laughs> so, tell us how you kept the boys from breaking their bones. Well. I have not been very, very successful with that. Uh, but thank God, it's only because of His grace and protection that uh, um, they have not been so badly injured. But there's one incident that I will never, never forget. In, even as I think about it, um, it just makes me a bit uh, sad and uh, horrified. It happened one evening uh, when I was playing with uh, Callum. He was only two years old then. Um, and so what we like to do in the house, especially during winter, is that we can't go anywhere. We like to play catching and hide and seek in the house itself. And Callum loves being chased. You know, he just likes being uh, chased after. Mm. So even today, so we play right now during the circuit breaker. I still, he still loves being chased around in the house. Back in Chicago, the apartment that we were living in was kind of small, uh, but it was really cozy. It had a very nice a corridor that we could always run between the bedroom and the living room. Mm. And so, as usual, like any other evening, I was chasing him and he was having such a thrill of his life, uh, shouting and screaming, you know, just so excitedly. And so, we were running for a while when it happened. As I was chasing him from behind, he slipped and fell forward and he hit his forehead hard against the wall. Hmm. And it wasn't just that he hit his head, but he hit just precisely at the corner of the wall and fell face down. Ouch. And so this created a gash hmm. and there was so much bleeding. And so as much as my wife, Sihui, and I tried to stop the bleeding, nothing helped at all. And he was just bleeding profusely. And there was so much blood on my hands and on my clothes. Mm. Um, and my son was just crying and so inconsolable. And I was just, I was so frightened. So even for me right now, even as I, as I talk to you about this, um, even though it happened like three years ago, uh, my heart still aches. Mm. And I can still remember the, the horrid feeling. Seeing that it was such a bad cut and the wound was split, we quickly got into our cars and drove to the emergency department. Mm. And I was, and I was, I was, and I was driving. As I was driving, I really could not help but think of the worst case scenarios uh, in my mind. And it felt that I had to choose one amongst many and prepare my heart for news. And also for the first time, I really felt I could lose him. Mm. Losing my son was something that all of a sudden became such a possible reality for me in the future. And now. I had no, because I had no idea how bad the injury was, or actually whether how bad or not so bad. But it didn't matter. I was just so scared and hurt. And I really, really felt very vulnerable and helpless as a father, seeing my son cry in my wife's arms with a bleeding head. But by God's grace and love, he provided wonderful doctors and nurses who looked after my son and helped stitch the wound beautifully. And so besides the cut on his forehead, um, tell him right now it's all right and uh, everything was okay. Mm. Thank God, huh? 
Yeah, so yeah. no matter how true the saying that, hey, it's part of growing up for the kid. I mean, surely during that moment, uh, we could not be sure whether it's a part of growing up or it could be the end of growing up. Yeah, so what did the incident uh, teach you, Kenneth, you know, mm -hmm. upon your uh, reflection? I, I really never felt so vulnerable until I became a father. You know, when I was young, I always saw myself being capable of handling on my own, um, to be strong enough to cope with whatever circumstances life might even th throw at me. And even when I was down on the ground, I always learned how to deal with the pain and pick myself up and carry on walking. And the funny thing is that even then, I never saw myself as vulnerable because I told myself that nothing was going to get through and hurt me. But honestly, everything changed when my firstborn, Callum, came into our lives. I never thought I could love someone so unconditionally. You know, I loved him before he was even born. I carried him in my thoughts and prayers, anticipating his arrival. And so when I finally carried him, I felt such a deep sense of love for him. I could not believe I was a father. And when my heart became attached to the tiny little baby boy, I felt vulnerable for the very first time. It was as if that I had it was as if that my heart that I had protected in me for so long was now hanging around my neck, exposed, vulnerable, and easy to be hurt. So on that day when he hurt his head, it was the first time I felt such pain and hurt that I never felt before. Mm. I was vulnerable and wounded. Mm -hmm. How many stitches did uh, Callum get? Did you Do you remember? <laughs> I don't remember. I did at least, <laughs> at least, four, at least four stitches. Oh, four. Okay. Yeah. That's a lot, you know, for a small boy. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Any any spiritual lesson for you on this? The well, the, the lesson showed me that um, fatherhood is not just about providing or protecting or even about just about bringing up children. It is about recognizing my limitations, and being vulnerable came with the territory. Though I initially saw my vulnerability as something not to be embraced, in truth, it really made me a better father. By being vulnerable, helpless and weak, I was forced to be honest with myself and admit that I could not always protect and provide perfectly for my sons. I'm just driven to cry out and depend completely on my Heavenly Father to be the good father and to raise my sons well. And this has made me to be in even better father because I now depend on my heavenly father for strength, grace and love in caring and loving my sons. I've learned to pray and trust my sons in the Lord because the best place for my sons to be is in the hands of our father, not mine. Because ultimately they belong to him. Mm. Thank you, Kenneth. Yes, at, at, at times we do forget that our children are entrusted to us by the father and, and for a period of time. Now, let's now hear from Lakyong. Uh, Lakyong, did you experience the father's uh, pain and heartbreak for his child like Kenneth did? Uh, yeah, definitely. I have my own fair share. But before I answer the question, I need to ask Kenneth. Mm -hmm. Kenneth, so is Caleb less naughty as a result of the fall? <laughs> no, I, think, I don't think he even remembers the fall now. <laughs> uh, it's okay. We should not pray for another one. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Well, for myself, actually... It, uh, the one that really, really marked the, uh, the shared pain and suffering in, as a father was when my second born was born and then my first born, my daughter, Emmanuel, 
she was quite anxious. Uh, and at the same time, she was very excited to have a baby brother. And, and at the same time too, she developed a food allergy when she was about two. And so she suffered from constipation. Mm. And yeah, and the poor girl, she tried her best to really comply with all the instructions given to her. We gave her everything we could give her to eat to help the past emotion, but she was just unable to, you know, she was running around the playgrounds, jumping up and down, but nothing worked. So in the end, I had to bring her to the A&E uh, hospital to get it sorted out. Mm. And because I was all alone, because my wife stayed home to take care of our second born. Mm. And uh, my father-in-law drove me there. I remember that, yeah, my tiny two-year-old just trying herself to be very brave. But during the time when it was a turn for the treatment, she was crying when the doctors and nurses were taking care of her. And then my father-in-law just drove us home. And at the time, in the back seat of the car, on the way back home, late at night, I was just carrying her little frame and I was comforting her. That's the only thing I could do, just like Kenneth. It felt so helpless. And she was just sobbing away on my shoulder and you know, making my clothes wet. Mm. And there was simply nothing I could do to have her suffer less. And all I could do was just carry her close to me, smell her and comfort her. Mm. And then, but just that two of us holding on to each other at the back seat, it was that moment I realized that this whole journey of suffering together actually bonded us even closer. Mm. Yeah, I realized that it's one thing to hold your child when everything was fine and dandy, mm. but it's a whole different level when you have to hold on to her in the midst of suffering. Mm. And so for me, it was all these little moments that, you know, what you say in English, chop and double confirm, mm. that I not only fathered children, but actually became a father. Mm. Now that's, a, that's a very good line, yeah? It's not just uh, fathering children, but uh, becoming a father. Uh, it uh, differentiates uh, day one of fatherhood from the many days and the many years that uh, makes one become a father. Now, let's talk about that, that day, you know, when you were declared a father. Well, it's quite long ago. Well, <laughs> um, the first thing first to say is that Esther and I, we have, we have actually been preparing to leave for the mission field for a long time, about a period of 10 years. At the same time, after getting married, we couldn't have any children. So we thought that, you know, maybe we just can't have children. And mm. so in my heart, I settled in my heart that I will never become a father anytime soon. But interestingly, you know, God really has a sense of humor. And just as we were about to leave Singapore for missions, Esther became pregnant. Mm -hmm. and, and yeah, it was a great miracle for us. Uh, and However, at the same time for myself, while preparing for the coming of the firstborn, I found myself completely clueless. You know, I had no idea what to do to prepare for the coming of a child. So once we went shopping for baby clothes, I was so bored. and so overwhelmed by the things to buy, the diapers, milk bottles, handkerchiefs, mittens, yeah, because, everything. Because they're non-electronics. <laughs> yeah, not, not a single item had a CPU in them. <laughs> I couldn't upgrade the diapers. I couldn't like you know put in some extra RAM for the mittens. Mm. Yeah, and this I mean this clearly shows that I really had no idea what it means and what it takes to be a father to a child. But then when baby Emmanuel arrived at the hospital, and the nurse asked me, you know, as a father, right, to do the honors to count the number of fingers and toes for my child, then I was so nervous and awestruck by the whole thing, the whole process, that I simply couldn't count at all. My mind was a complete blank. So I decided to just trust God. And then by faith, I just told the nurse, without counting, 
and my daughter had ten fingers and ten toes. Also, they do that. They they let you count, like one, two, yeah, three. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. I wonder why they asked me to do it. Hmm. Because I, I'm obviously not the right person for the right job at that moment in time. Okay. Okay. Maybe they <laughs> yeah. wanna they wanna turn over to you and ensure that you know it's all intact. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then in terms of caring for my newborn, yeah, I remember I was such a klutz, you know. Once I was carrying her on one hand, my left hand, and opening a taxi door with my right hand at the same time. But because I opened the car door too forcefully, the door swung back as I was entering the car. And so the car door hit the side of my daughter's head. Ouch. Yeah. So on that day, I did not make a dent in the universe, <laughs> but instead I made a dent on my daughter's head. It was it was a dent. Yeah. Mm. So but fortunately, God made babies quite resilient yep. mm. and by God's mercy there's no visible sign of the mistake I made mm. yeah and, and over time by God's grace I picked up the skills to care for my baby mm-hmm. thank God that um, he designed babies to uh, somehow withstand some level of our clumsiness <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and speaking of clumsy stories uh, Jason I believe you have one <laughs> no, no clumsy experience but uh, a rather silly story so I recall this one incident about six years ago. So when my son was about five years old and uh, my wife had gone overseas for a work trip, so I was looking after our two kids. So that evening, I, I brought them to a nearby mall for dinner. And after dinner, we once we step out of the restaurant, my son decided to walk ahead on his own without holding my hands mm. because he wanted to rush home to watch his favorite cartoon. So uh, as Joey and I, we were trailing behind Jacob, I decided to play a little prank on him. So I grabbed Joey's hand and then we dart, quickly dart into a shop and hid ourselves. I wanted to see what Jacob's reaction would be when he discovered that we are no longer behind him. I wanted to see that shock expression on, on his face, mm. you know, to teach him a lesson for not holding my hands. So uh, lo and behold, the moment Jacob turned around and realized that we were not there, he panicked. But instead of backtracking to look for us, right, my son, in his desperation, he dashed into the crowd to find us. Mm. So by the time Joey and I came out of the shop, we had lost him in a sea of people. Mm. And this time, it was my turn to panic. Mm. Uh, you should have seen the shock expression on my face. So mm. we went all over the mall to search for him. Then it dawned on me that he's really lost oh. so yeah so my silly little prank backfire and then all sorts of wild imagination started running through my mind then I realized that I'm totally helpless mm. only at that moment I prayed mm. and after the praying I called my wife who was in um, Barcelona at the time uh, to break the news to her and to ask her to pray and I remember that she broke down over the phone Mm. No, on hindsight, that's not the wisest move to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm. Which one? The calling her up or the prank? <laughs> and both, uh, both. both. And okay. after that, yeah, after that, I quickly called home, and then to my relief, my helper told me that Jacob went back home on mm, his own. Wow. You know, yeah, he's five years old, but he actually crossed a busy road and took the leaf with uh, with a random stranger all by himself. Yeah, um, despite me failing as a father that day, failing big time, God never fail us as a father. He's the one who watches over our children. Yeah, very yeah. true. Yeah, you, you, you silly dad, Jason. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, but we we all are, you know. And um, despite our silliness, uh, God is merciful and protects our children from us. Yeah. So thank God for His protection. Now, surely there is there must be a lesson from that experience, you know. Aside from the need to be careful with pranks, um, it tells us of the dreadfulness of being lost, and um, that's the gospel lesson that it's not fun being lost. So imagine the harm being lost can do. And our Heavenly Father sacrificed His one and only Son to bring us home from our lostness, as we were all lost in sin. But He has sent Jesus to rescue us and reconcile us to Him because of His great love uh, for Amen. us. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Well, uh, fatherhood taught me a lot about God's love. Um, when Tsui was uh, pregnant with our second child, um, I was worried. I was worried if I will have enough love for my second kid. That may sound silly, but I really struggled with that. I asked myself, will I end up loving him less or worse, making my firstborn my favorite? You know, I, I love Callum so much um, that I really did not think I would be able to love another the same. You know, when I was uh, away for my studies, I just loved that I had so much time with uh, Callum. And whenever we played or we just had just or spending time together, it was just two of us. And I, I just was looking so much, looking forward to spending more time with him alone, getting to know him and just bonding with him. And so it was a little bit sad that um, when I, when we found out that Tsui was pregnant, that I was no longer just going to be with him alone and that he was no longer going to be my only son. I guess what made it worse is that I heard many sad stories of how one child ends up being the favorite of the family and the other neglected. And I really didn't want this to happen in my family. Hmm. But I knew that that was the potential of it happening. Um, but by God's grace, all those fears and worries were literally un unfounded. Because when Cohen was born, I was so surprised, really surprised that I love him just the same as I loved Callum. And I realized that the Lord also increased my heart to love the two of them, not just one. The Lord taught me that my father's heart was big enough for the two of them. Mm. And what made it even sweeter was that both are so different, even to this day, my wife and I sometimes I just we're just so we marvel at the differences that both of them have, even they came from the same DNA of Zhuhui and I. Mm. And so for me, I love and celebrate their differences. Their different characters, their different strengths, and even their weaknesses too. I also love them for their similarities as brothers. And so the Lord taught me that showed me to me the value and to love them for their uniqueness and their individuality. And this helped me to love them equally. Honestly, mm. this was there was no need for me to compare and measure them against each other. You know, I know it sounds really impossible or even untrue, but I'm really telling the truth. Mm. <laughs> and for me as a father, I really love both my sons just as much and love them for who they are, both similarities and differences. Mm. And this really give, gave me a, kind, a glimpse of how our Heavenly Father must love us. For he loves us for who we are. And he doesn't compare us with one another. There is no competition at all. And so we are all made in the same image of God. 
and we are all loved by the same Father who gave us His Son, Jesus, to die for all of us equally. Yeah, the uh, scope and uh, unconditionality of God's love uh, for His children. Amen? Amen. Amen. Yeah. Well, uh, daddies, uh, thank you so much for sharing your stories. And uh, they all remind us of our Father's faithfulness, despite our clumsiness, despite our silliness. Now, before we end, uh, I, I'd like to pray for all of you and uh, also for the daddies who are listening, okay? Sure. Mm. Okay, let me pray. Lord, we all learn how to be fathers from you. You have modeled for us love, modeled for us protection, provision, suffering, and rescue. And we praise you that you've rescued us when we were lost through your son, Jesus. And through Jesus, we've been made your children too. So grant us humility, patience, perseverance, wisdom to father the children that you've entrusted to our care. Always pointing to them, your son Jesus, so that they embrace him too as their Lord and as their Savior. For in your son's name we pray. Amen. 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 Okay, Amen. before you go, it's uh, dad joke time. Okay, so uh, share a dad joke. Uh, maybe let's uh, start with uh, with Lucky. Yes. <laughs> so, so I'm supposed to share my favorite dad joke. Okay. Okay. Well, um, okay. This one, this one that came from a film, uh, Pulp Fiction, and it goes something like this: You say three tomatoes uh, walking down the street. It's a papa tomato, mama tomato, and a little baby tomato. And then baby tomato starts lagging behind. So Papa Tomato gets so angry, he goes over the baby tomato and he squeezes him and says, catch up. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the two of you, did you get that? <laughs> catch up, uh, catch no. up, uh, catch oh, no. up, <laughs> catch up. Catch up. Okay. <laughs> it's late. Right, it's right, right. Joke. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, uh, Jason. Okay, just one. How do bees go to school? Bees, uh, bees like... Uh, How do bees go mm, to school? Mm, okay. Bees. They take the buzz. Get it? Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. Mm. Kenneth, do you have one? No, I don't have any. Ah, how could you not have one? Okay, let no, me Kenneth, end this. Kenneth, Kenneth, yeah. I remember the one you, you told on stage. It's about the, the one that dad... You, you asked your dad why, you know, when... There's a storm. You see the lightning before you hear the thunder. Oh my goodness! That is, that, is, is that from <laughs> Kenneth or perfect, that's from that's Jason? Yeah, yeah. Joke. Okay. Can you can you tell uh, our listeners that, please? All right. Okay. This is uh that joke that I am famous for, but let me repeat it again. <clears throat> One, you know, have you ever wondered why you always see the lightning first and then hear the thunder? Mm, I know science. Uh. Ah, yeah. no. But it's I want to hear the dad joke story. Uh, it's, answer. Not, it's not science, neither is it about the speed of light, but mm. because your eyes are in front of your ears. That's why you see the lightning before you hear the thunder. Mm. Get it? Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> okay, one last one to end uh, this episode. Uh, my turn. Um, the, the son tells the dad, Hey, dad, what's your secret in always being so down to earth? Gravity, son. Gravity. 
Did you get that? <laughs> yes, I know. Yes. Okay, so thank you so much for appearing on this episode. Uh, till next time, okay. uh, to our listeners out there, uh, watch out for episode two. And God bless you. Have a nice day. Bye. Bye. Bye.